Simple Life Together, episode 40. It's the episode you've been asking for, how to organize your photos. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. On the last episode of the show, I talked about some simple meal planning tips, and Dan talked about life's excess baggage. Well, today's show is all about photos, just what you've been asking for. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about how to organize your digital and printed photos, and we're bringing in the expert on photo organization to share her tips with you. We'll also talk about a few systems we use, so you have a few options to choose from. That's right. Okay, so let's not mess around. Let's jump right into our interview. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Kathy Nelson of the Association of Personal Photo Organizers and Photo Simplified. Kathy is founder and president of the Association of Personal Photo Organizers, also known as APO, and her own photo organizing business, Photo Simplified. Kathy Nelson has been helping people organize their photos for over 17 years. Through APO, Kathy is now teaching others to do the same. APO provides support and education for entrepreneurs looking to build a photo organizing business and educates the public on the need for photo organizing services. Kathy is also a member of the National Association of Professional Organizers, NAPO. She was a speaker at the 2011 NAPO Annual Conference and the Independent Photo Imagers Annual Conference and frequently speaks on photo organizing at libraries, continuing adult education classes, and photo organizing retreats. Now, as a little background, Dan and I have gotten a ton of requests from listeners of the show as well as members of our Edit and Forget It group on Facebook about how to edit and organize their photos. While I know a lot about organizing different spaces, I have to admit, photo organizing is not my specialty. And even though our physical photos are pretty well organized in albums and boxes and they're nicely labeled and located in one spot, I can't say the same about our digital photos. So that's why we reached out to Kathy. I was at the same NAPO conference that she spoke at in 2011 in San Diego, California, and everyone raved about her presentation. I thought, I've got to get her on the show. And so here we are. Thank you so much, Kathy, for joining us today from Connecticut, right? Yes, actually, West Hartford, Connecticut. Awesome. Thank you so That's much for great. being Thank here you, with Kathy. us. Thrilled to be here. Well, I know we've already introduced you, but we always start off each interview with asking our guests this one question. Tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you make people's lives simpler. That's a great question. Well, my name, again, is Kathy Nelson, and my goal is to help relieve the guilt and anxiety that most people feel because they're completely overwhelmed with their not only digital photos. You're an unusual couple in the sense that you mentioned you had your printed photos all organized, but I find that my uh, clients have printed fo- lifetimes of printed photos, they have home movies, they have children's artwork, and then just, you know, under the bed and on the closet and everywhere. And then they also have that overwhelming collection of digital photos. So my goal is to just help people. Uh, re- and then it creates guilt and anxiety. When you ask people, right. you know, what is the prevailing emotion that you feel about your photos? It's they feel guilty and anxious that you know, what if there's a disaster? What if there's a fire? What if there's a hurricane and tornado? I mean, we certainly know, certainly many of those things have been happening uh, in the past year or two. And they don't want to lose those photos and things, but they just don't know how to get started. Mm. Wow, you must be incredibly busy. Because this is, (laughs) like, like Vanessa mentioned, this is like the number one question that we've been getting lately. And it's amazing how, uh, 
how many people just don't have that aspect of their lives taken care of right now? And they used to, I think that, you know, I, I, I wrestle with this a lot. I wonder about it. We really say that we're creating an entirely new industry that didn't exist. Mm. Just right. like you didn't have, uh, you couldn't imagine that you would have a personal coach who would stand next to you and encourage you to do, you know, push-ups and things. Right. <laughs> Probably never imagine you'd have somebody do the same with your photos, but it's, it's a growing need. And I think it's really because... I mean, I just went on vacation myself, and we've, we've done a lot of studies and research. The average person now will take 500, 600, 100 photos a day minimum on a vacation, where when we were working with rolls of film, and you had like your roll of 36 exposures, you might have taken two rolls of film with you on a week vacation. Right. I mean, just about that, maybe 70 photos over the course of a week. Instead, today, we maybe will take close to 1,000 during that same time frame. <sighs> It's crazy. It is. It's just the technology can be a curse and a blessing for us, right? Right. No kidding. No kidding. So with that in mind, what do you see as the biggest challenge you see with your folks and organizing their photos? Because there's all these different you know, types of photos and things that they have. Um, is it a matter of like not having routines or taking too many pictures like you alluded to earlier or just... It's, absolutely. And so if we... And actually, we should talk... We'll address both. I'll address printed photos, and then I can also address. I'll address digital photos. We'll start with digital, but right. we should. They are two different kind of uh, s- struggles that people have. Okay. Digital photos, without question, the my best advice to people, and I have to do this myself. I mean, I'm just as tempted to. Uh, last Friday, we could go today. We went to a place called Black Island. It was beautiful. It was one of those clear, crystal clear days, and the sky was blue, and the ocean, and the sailboats, and the as the sun was setting, I had my iPhone, I had my good digital DSL camera, and you know, I did the same thing everybody else does. I took 25, 30 photos of the sunset because <laughs> I mean, it's so pretty. And then you're looking for the perfect one to get up there on Facebook to show everybody where we are. <laughs> Uh, right. Familiar. Uh, so my advice to people in that situation is, is that I was, I was aware that I was doing that. And then when I get home, whether you put a little reminder on your phone or whether you, you know, somehow in your calendar, but say make Friday photo day or, you know, pick a day of the week, once a week, or at least once a month where you will, first of all, get the photos from your phone or from your, uh, camera onto your computer, whatever program you're using, and only import the best ones. Don't import all 1,000 photos that you took. It takes probably, you know, half an hour of your time to kind of go through and pick those better ones and then delete the rest because you're just going to continue to be completely overwhelmed. And it's much better to just have those, the favorite few photos than it is to have all of them. Right. And an important thing to think about when you're in the process of taking these photos, think about why do we, t- I always ask people this question. I start with this. Think about why do you take photos in the first place? So let me turn the interview back on you guys, on uh, you and Vanessa. What, when you take your, when you take a photo, what is it that you're doing? What's the purpose in your mind of taking a photo? I'm capturing a, a memory, I guess, um, just of capturing my life and, and our life together. And I guess the history of our life in, in right. a sense. Yeah, and also before you eat now, and you, you don't just say grace, you take a picture of it and post that on Instagram too. Because so, <laughs> everybody needs to know that. <laughs> right, exactly. So think about your photo taking now in two different ways. It's almost like there's that moment we take photos like of our food and all those things. And that that's not really, that's artistic and it's fun and it's use of technology. But those other photos when you're taking them, it's to tell the story of your life, you're right? So right. You want yep. to remember. It's that capturing that moment that matters. And so those are the ones that you really want to save. You don't necessarily have to save all those food photos because who, who cares 50 years from now if right. you're right. 
photo of the food. But you do want that picture. Like when we on that trip I just talked about last Friday, I was with my 19 year old son and my uh, almost 16 year old daughter. And I really do want to save that one picture of them arm in arm, you know, with the sunset, because it's a moment in time, you know, it's like, look at, look at them at this age today. And so that's worth keeping. I've seen many beautiful sunsets. I'll see many more. So I don't have to keep all of those sunsets, but so it's okay to think of your photo taking in a new way. It's like, okay, I'm taking photos uh, on a regular basis for the artistic, fun, sharing, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, all those things that you're using with it, and then separate out the ones that tell the story and keep those because you don't want to lose the story of your life. And that's something we are we are really struggling with this younger generation, the 20-year-olds the and 30-year-olds like my kids. How do we help them recognize that these photos that they're taking all the time and posting, there's a, there's a story there. When, when they go back to their 25th high school reunion, how will they have access to those photos? Because Facebook isn't going to keep all those photos for them, right. even though they don't realize that. Oh, uh, good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, to the importance of capturing at least a few of those and putting them. So as their mom, I'm doing that for them and they'll, they'll thank me someday. But oh, I'm sure they will. <laughs> right now they think I'm nuts, but. <laughs> so you're right. Um, now the hard copies are a little bit different. Right. And so we did the same thing in a way with hard copies in the sense that we went and we would always get doubles, right? Remember when right, it, yep, yep. Oh, it triples. So when I work with a client, usually they'll have like boxes and boxes and they, they feel so terrible about them. So the way we, I used, I came up with an acronym to help my clients. And actually this can work with your digital photos as well. I call it the ABCs of photo organizing. Okay. So A stands for A. Does the photo go in an album? Is it a photo that is worth keeping? Does it tell that, is it have a memory is it memory worthy? And if you're for our listeners that your listeners that if you have printed photos, I recommend that if you want to delve into this project is you designate an area, you find like a little table. And the first thing that you want to do is go find all of your photos and get them in one place. Mm -hmm. So if you just have a fold up table, just pull them all out. So they're under the, you know, you have them in one place. So they're easily accessible and then start sorting through them. And so you want to use an A pile. Your B pile is the photos that are, uh, not worth throwing away because the C is yes, you can throw photos away, but the B pile is that they're, they go back in a box that you want to either put them back in a photo safe box or a shoe box because you just can't bring yourself to throw them away, but they're not an A photo. Right. Your C photo is the ones that yes, you can throw them away and they can get thrown in the garbage can. So I know that's really hard for people. There's like a mental block we have. And I've done a lot of, asked a lot of questions too, about what is it that holds us back from throwing photos away? Mm-hmm. And it's this panic that we're going to lose a memory. We're going to lose something. But really, again, it's that same idea. If you went to uh, Rome and took, you know, 50 pictures of the Coliseum, it still looks the same today that it did, you know, 20 years ago when you went on that vacation. Right. Maybe save one of those Coliseum photos. But and especially the doubles of the people looking away and the cross eyes, you can throw those away. But the S is the most important part is does it tell a story? So the photo that I may look at of a little tree out in front of your home, you know, just like there's your house with a little fir tree, may, the story may be that you planted that tree when your son was born and today the tree is towering over the home. So that photo actually does tell a story and it belongs in the A pile because it's your story about that photo. So when you, you have the ABCs that you talked about for mm-hmm. the broad categorization of, of uh, what sorting, to keep of what, what to keep and what right. to sort. So how do you recommend people categorize their photos once they're organizing them chronologically or by person or place or event or story, like you're saying. 
Yeah, that's a great question as well. I highly recommend that people tend to always think they have to organize their photos chronologically because we take them chronologically, right? Okay, right. it was mm-hmm. first it's, you know, Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving, you know. But really, we don't live chronologically. We live by the themes of our lives. So I recommend to my clients, when they're going through their photos, we emerge, themes will emerge of when you took photos. And actually, as human beings, it's not a mystery. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you guys quickly, what, what do you, t- when do you most likely take photos? Holidays. Correct. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What else? Uh, special events like uh, graduations, um, you know, performances or, you know, just kind yep. of some special event, really. <laughs> first day at school, everybody takes yep. the first day of school picture, vacations. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty universal. It's pretty funny. It's really a universal thing. And so out of that, uh, I talked, so let's just say travel. You're a family that love to travel. So find all those travel photos and, and categorize them as we're a family that love to travel or we're, we, we're people that love vacation and gather. It's much more interesting to look at a, a collection of photos over the years, not necessarily chronological. This is really true with children and say sports. If you're a family that love to compete, we use that as a theme a lot. Uh, it's not really that fun to look at a picture of Johnny playing soccer when he was, you know, five and then six and then seven, you know, but it's really interesting to look at a collage of photos or an organization of photos when he was five. And then there he is as a senior in high school, you know, knocking the winning goal in and oh. it, it, it's much more interesting presentation that way. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a journey really then. It, and then that relieves that kind of anxiety that you're feeling like, Oh, I can't remember. Is he eight in this picture or nine in this picture? Or is this, Christmas tree in 1981, or was this the tree of 1984? It doesn't matter. It's the theme of how, say if it's holidays that you're talking about. You no, know, and I imagine that saves a ton of time too. I just can only imagine the time suck that would take to think of it, you know, day by day, year by year, whatever. That would just be just overwhelming, even for an organizer, I think. It is. Now, I've had clients that have insisted, and it's, we've worked together for a lot longer than when I work with my theme based clients. <laughs> right. At the end, like one client I had, we ended up, she had two sons, they were in their 30s. And we, as we went through her photos, we came up with three themes that we created and we organized her photos in those themes. Once we're a family that loves to travel, we're a family that loves to celebrate. And in those, in that photo box, and then the album that we created from that, it was, they loved Halloween. So they had a Halloween over the years, their <laughs> family, Thanksgiving. So all those family traditions. And then we're a family that loves one another and that, that loves one another and our family and friends. And so that's where we put all like the grand, the pictures of the brothers arm in arm and the neighbor kids that they loved and things like that, that, you know, kind of those, like, where do you put those kind of photos? And so she, we organized them and she was thrilled. I mean, so here she has her lifetime of printed photos now in three different boxes organized by those three themes. And then we created three, an album that represented each of those. And she's done. I mean, she just couldn't believe it. And it was like, it was a therapeutic process for her going through those photos Mm. And that's important, too. It can be very therapeutic and healing to go through photos and see the fun that you had. And sometimes you think, oh, yeah, we, we did have fun. <laughs> exactly. That's oh. okay. You know, and I love that. And you talk about how she has, like, the boxes of the photos and then creates a photo album of all those, of the best of those, I suppose. Correct. Um, it's just the best. So yep. piggybacking on that, do you have any other products um, or ways that people can store their printed photos and negatives? Yes. So I recommend highly that we have actually, so we actually created our own photo organizing box. uh, Really? Yeah. Because we knew what you, there's nothing quite like it on the marketplace. It holds 27 or 2,800 photos in compartments with dividers so that you can actually, uh, and it's deep. So it holds up to five by seven and it's not, and it has a very special kind of fitting 
lid. And we actually, it's manufactured in Pennsylvania and uh, we're not selling it retail yet. Right now you can only get it through the, through a photo organizer by going to our website and finding somebody. But we, I think it's such a great product. We'll eventually bring it to market, but that's a whole nother learning curve for me. <laughs> right. uh, other than that, I recommend there's a company called archival methods and you can go online and search because you want a, a photo safe box. You don't want the, the problem with those, um, the, you know, the shoe boxes and things is if it fell off the top, it would fall and all the pictures would fall all over. And it's, um, it's just not, you want something with a tight fitting lid that so that if it fell off the table, you won't lose all the work that you did. You do want something that's uh, archival. So it's photo safe so that, you know, 75 or hundred years from now, that box is, uh, the photos are safe in that box. Nice. So I recommend those are two products and using the same format with digital i also recommend that you do print your best photos even your people have stopped printing their photos but we know that the there's a saying that if moses got the 10 commandments on a flash drive he wouldn't you know he wouldn't have it today (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome you know i think and did you say one time don't let your kids grow up to be jpegs correct that's another (laughs) great line yeah Technology is changing so quickly. So think about, I mean, I just think about how I watch television today. Like it was just a year ago. I think I was watching network television. Now I only stream from Netflix. I mean, I'm, you know, look how fast technology is changing. We went out and bought a a good like Blu-ray disc player. I don't even know why. Two Christmases ago, we had to have one. I I haven't put a disc in a... Right. No kidding, that is yeah. so true. That's how we are. It's exactly how we are. <laughs> well, the same thing. So people think these JPEGs, which they don't realize are digital images, will be around forever. And technology is changing so quickly. And then websites are going out of business where they're storing them on a regular basis. That's a scary thing. So the printed photo actually still the archivists, and we've done a lot of research on this, recommend three backup systems. So you, those digital photos, it's not a matter of if your hard drive is going to crash. It's just a matter of when. So if you have not backed up your digital images, you are at risk of losing everything. And that's a scary thing for people with uh, small children and things who have because those are the only records of their lives that they have. So I, if you're listening to me and you haven't backed up your photos, please, the first thing you need to do, and you can do it a few ways, go out and buy an external hard drive, um, you know, Seagate, Western Digital, and just back up your photos. There's a great product called Picture Keeper, and it's actually a product where you, you plug it in and it finds all your photos on all of your computers and just backs them up onto it's like a flash drive or a um, hard drive. They have a, the PK Pro, which is for more photos. And then every time you plug that into your computer, it just finds your most recent photos that you that you put onto your computer. So that's another backup. So they recommend that you use cloud storage, that you use an external hard drive of some sort, and then you print that the printed photo is still the best backup. Oh, okay. Okay. Good advice. And uh, for the printed ones, are there special considerations for the, the old and fragile or the sentimental or historical photos? I know you mentioned the good archival boxes, and that should be acid-free, right? Correct. Acid-free, lignin-free. Um, and so they'll say, like, again, you get what you pay for. So there, yeah. there is no standard in the industry. Anybody can say something is acid-free, which is hard to believe, but they can. Mm-hmm. So you just... You know, recognize that if you're buying something for three ninety nine at Walmart, it's not going to be the same as maybe archival methods might be twenty five ninety nine or twenty. I don't know what their prices are, sure. head, but I think you do need to uh, look at that. And then printing your photos. Now, your old photos. We also recommend that you digitize. Uh, you know, it's like we, I feel like we give mixed messages, uh-huh. like print them, but then the printed ones you should digitize. <laughs> Partly because, again, if there ever was a fire, or we know, like with Hurricane Sandy and with the tornadoes and things. One of the biggest jobs, people have uh, been out there finding photos for families and then putting them up on websites. And families have been just amazed by being reunited with those photos, oh those printed gosh. photos. So yeah. 
Many of them, if they don't have them digitized, you know, those are are the only copies that they have of maybe their grandparents and things. So you do want to get those scanned and converted into a digital product as well. So you have both ways. All right. Well, kind of switching gears, Mm -hmm. you you hit it with... um, the mobile devices and so forth. And it's easy to take hundreds and thousands of photos before you even think to download them. And I know personally, I use the auto backup on, um, on Google plus, but, uh, do you have any recommended strategies for managing your mobile device photos other than the ones you talked about? You know, there's a new product that, well, they've been in test, they've been testing and, and coming out for the past two years and they've really upgraded significantly. It's called Linea L I N E A. And it's uh, on your iPad. It's a mobile app on your iPhone, iPad, and web base that allows you to share and store your photos in what they call uh, storylines. So that's a neat product that's new and it's free. It's a free uh, to manage your photos uh, that way on your mobile device and things. So I've started using them. I mean, we've been helping them and giving them a lot of advice about what kind of products are good. And they've actually, I haven't recommended them a lot just yet because I've been waiting because there's a lot of beta testing and things. But they have a product um and then there's your big companies like shutterfly which is just continuing to kind of be the big grill in the marketplace they do i mean they have a great uh you can actually make a book right from your ipad now with shutterfly uh you can also with linea they allow you to you can actually use your photos right from your ipad and create a sit there and while you're watching television and make a photo book and send it off to you i know that uh vanessa already asked about the don't let your kids grow up to be jpegs but i mean did you is that really a problem where people take these photos and they just never go back to look at them absolutely and you know there was a great article in the new york times in march which i could uh have it on my bulletin board but it talks about um and what is it that what's the best indicator of self-esteem in children and one of them is actually knowing your family history they've done a lot of studies and actually believe it I mean, we try all these things to you know form great self-esteem in our our kids and things, but knowing their family history. And part of that is through looking at photos. Like, where do I come from? How did my parents meet? You know, those are the things that that's the reason why this is so important. Why we really stress the importance of, uh, especially for children and not letting your babies grow up to be JPEGs. If they've never seen or held a printed photo, then, and they're only used to seeing photos like scrolled across on your iPhone that you took in the moment you're losing a storytelling moment of kind of connecting them with, with, uh, with who they are, their roots and things like that. Uh, I can so see that. I know Vanessa did a scrapbook for, uh, our daughter and, um, my, my son has one as well of basically just their first year, you know, Mm -hmm. it's pretty in depth about the first year. And that's the first book they go to all the time is their own book to find out about themselves. Right. It's just such a basic need. Another thing that's important that we're, we're talking about photos, but home movies as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Those many times those are now on obsolete media formats and they can they don't actually they don't have long longevity. If you use like the little camcorder tapes, the tape is very uh, it can, is deteriorating. And right. so it's really important also to have those digitized and, um, you know, converted. And in some ways you are going to probably continue to digitize them because the the formats are going to change, but it's really important to get them from just tape because tape doesn't last very long. I mean, the, actually, the old film movies actually have a much better, longer life than the uh, than the tapes do. So, well, that's advice. You know, I was gonna. Um, I know you've kind of talked about like the ABCs of organizing your photos and stuff, and we we talked to another organizer about organizing photos too, and. And her advice was, the folks that are talking to us, they're just so overwhelmed. And the folks that you work with, they're just so overwhelmed. And I think what we do is, the advice is to start 
now forward and then later once you get into a new routine or you establish a routine of either um, with all the new photos that you take from here on out establish that routine first and then you can go back and take care of like the so-called backlog of photos is that what you would recommend too yes because i know i'm, I'm sure i'm overwhelming people and that's the last thing i said we want to re- relieve your guilt and anxiety and i'm probably creating that by some of these stories i'm telling <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the goal yeah just start today you know it's like a diet right you start today you know <laughs> right you go off the wagon you start next week and there's that saying, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Don't, you'll go back in time if you want to, but certainly, go, you know, it's just starting today going forward. That idea of setting a little chime reminder on your phone or something like once a week or every two weeks to just remind you to, did you um, back up your photos or did you, uh, and we actually can sign up for photo tips on our website. And we actually have a mobile app ourselves where we send little reminders every month. Did you back up your photos this month or did you uh, pick your best ones? And so just start going forward and don't, don't be overwhelmed by what you haven't done. I, yes, absolutely. That is good advice. And, Cause it's kind of like with your papers, you know, I've got clients that have all these mounds and mounds of papers and I'm like, okay, but let's worry about the, the important stuff now and with the day going forward. And then we can tackle that later. But I'm also big about routines. You've got to set routines with yourself. If you want to stay on top of this and you don't want to get overwhelmed in the future, you need to set that appointment like you were saying. Now, now for the folks that do want to start tackling those, either their digital photos or the, uh, the hard copy photos, and if they're looking for help, do you have any recommended online resources besides some of those ones that you talked about? Where can we direct these folks to kind of get them started on the right track or, or getting help, if you will? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. We are our so our website is appo.org, and in, and we are uh, working on getting more photo organizing tips and things out there where you can just go and get like the tip of the week and different things like that. I don't know, believe it or not, of any other site where people um, that they can go where there's like a YouTube video or things like. That, and I'm sure they must be out there, but um, <laughs> up the top of my head. I don't, yeah, that, because we're really identifying, it's again, isn't that interesting? It's, we say that we're pioneers identifying just, it's a new and growing problem. It didn't, it wasn't as much of a problem even five years ago as it is today. I'm amazed at the number of calls that we get to the office and people looking for help. It's a Mm -hmm. continue, it's just, it's exploding. And I think we're at a tipping point because digital really only is about 10 years old. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. that old yet. So we've just, we really don't have 20 years of digital images that we're overwhelmed with. We've only been using our digital meet cameras and phones even the phone it's only what how, when did the iphone come out yeah, you know 2008 i think right? yeah or seven yep. when you think about it yeah this is a newer issue it's a new problem right you know what and the thing is too is that there's all these wonderful products and software and things to use but where i think the the personal photo organizers and like professional organizers come into play is that we we have established we can help you figure out your a strategy and Look at your long-term goals and how, you know, what's your vision of how you want your photos organized or your space organized. And, and we're really like, like you're saying, we're like coaches and we kind of just, and we have, you know, processes and things that really help keep people on track. Because I think that when you start off just trying to do these, these, you just buy product, that's not the answer because I, you know, you need to really have a system in place. And a lot of times that's where those organizers can really help you. And, you know, we're like coaches and sometimes counselors and, you know, sometimes we're- listen to the, I mean, what's an amazing, I always tell people it's an honor and privilege to come alongside them and hear their stories. Cause you're listening to the stories while you're viewing the photos yeah. and it's an investment. And, and I always say to people, you know, you, we pay to get our nails done. We pay to get our hair done. We pay for, you know, maybe to have our houses clean. 
it, why wouldn't you invest in having somebody help you manage what's the mo- what's probably most valuable and important to you? And that's your photos. I've never had a client say to me, oh, shoot, I can't believe I spent that money on, you know, having that slideshow to music done or that you creating those, you know, helping me pick the best photos to have them framed or making a photo book with me because it's something that goes on forever. I mean, it's something that you want to pass down to the generations. So I agree. It's And sometimes you need some help, but if that's not in your budget and it's not something you want to do, again, it's that setting up the system and then remembering why that, you know, remember that why you're taking those photos mm-hmm. because it's a hard, it's, you have to reconnect with your photos emotionally again to understand the value of them. I think, and that motivates us t- to change more than, um, than feeling guilty and guilt and anxiety are the least motivating change factors. Yeah. Out. I think that has, I mean, I, this is all really new to me, but that's gotta be right. Cause nobody stands there with their camera or with their phone and says, I'm going to take a whole bunch of pictures that are totally disorganized. You know, (laughs) they, they stand there and say, I want to preserve this memory. uh, And someday I'm going, going to do this. Mm -hmm. And they keep putting it on the back burner. And, and I think that's why it's such a popular question uh, for us because so many people do feel guilty about it. They know they want to do something about it. They just haven't taken the step yet. You know, and I, I know personally uh, when Dan and I uh, combined households and stuff, you know, he had his set of photos, I had mine. And, and then as we you know, got married, had a family, we expanded, we had all these extra photos and things. And, and I was like, they are just now, they were just sitting in a box up in a closet where no one could enjoy them. And so my motivation was, if I'm going to have stuff, if I'm going to keep these, there has to be a purpose for them. And the purpose for me was they got to be enjoyed. And so that's when I, a couple months ago, I got all the photos together. I got them organized into bins or photo albums. And I put them together in one spot. And not just in one spot. I put it in our family room because that's where I want to share the memories. It wasn't in some you know, attic space or somewhere else away. I had them in a spot. Now, I know some people won't be able to have that space for everything. But the most important albums and pictures are accessible. So when you are sharing those family stories and you want to show, yeah, I've got a great picture of that, you can do that. Or like Dan was saying, our kids, when they want to look at their, their albums, they know right where to go and they can enjoy them. So. Another quick tip, too, is for people who are overwhelmed, you don't have to do, you don't have to save all of your photos and tell all of the stories. Pick what's most, think about your, what you care most about or what's a, What's a tradition that you want to make sure that people remember? So if even if it's just how ho- the holidays are coming, I mean, I have I started a holiday photo book when we first got married, my husband and I, and I had people write at Thanksgiving what they were most thankful for. And we write it out. And now it's what, 23 years later. And that book just comes out just a few photos. I realize I sometimes wear the same thing every Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. <laughs> the turkey always looks the same when it comes out of the oven. Never looks anything. <laughs> Uh, kind of funny. So it's, the photos really aren't as interesting, but but you see the chill, everybody changing and things. And so it's just like ten or fifteen photos in that book and in that album. And that's if that's all you do. If you just have one album, or if it's a, again, if you love going on vacation every year because we're just coming off the summer, you go to a, a a river or a lake or the ocean or you know that it's kind of a tradition. Maybe this is the year you just start, and every year you just add some photos to that ongoing family tradition, and you tell the story. You write somewhere in the process. Why do we go there? What what is it that that this? Why is this important to us? And then and then forget about the rest of the photos. Maybe you just take those photos, and that's all you do in your life. Then that's 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 progress, and it's something that can be passed down and enjoyed for generations to come. So maybe that can simplify it even further. Just pick one one small project to start with and. It's okay to have an album that's ongoing, that, that that's never completed almost, because you're just adding to it 
once a year. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great tip and some great advice. And, and honestly, this whole show has been a wealth of great advice and information. And uh, I am so glad that we had you on here today because I just was at a loss. I know Dan and I were just kind of a loss of what kind of advice to give our listeners and stuff. And so it's just been wonderful to have you here on the show. Now, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I mean, just it's it's interesting for those that are interested in, we call it photo life management, a new industry. And we are looking, uh, we have many clients looking for assistance. So what we do at apo.org, APPO.org, the Association of Personal Photo Organizers, we actually train people on how to do this as a, as a profession. Many people do it part-time and they... Uh, there's a lot of training. We team up with a lot of companies and offer products and things and, and all sorts of training and things. So I'd love if, if you're interested in learning more about that, certainly, or if you need assistance, go to the apo.org website and look for somebody to help you or just sign up for our newsletter tips. And we'll make sure that you get uh, reminders and tips every month about you know what to do with your photos. And we will we'll, uh, review new technology. I mean, there's new apps and things coming out all the time. So we're trying to stay ahead of that and help you figure out which ones are the best. So uh, other than that, I think this is a great, I'm thrilled to be on here and thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's been great. Now that sounds like a fantastic, like second career opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could do that at home, right? Oh yes. Many of our members uh, do it from home and they work with, and it's amazing the populations. We have everything from uh, downsizing seniors that are, you know, people helping uh, people in hospice, end of life, uh, you know, go through their photos with the families all the way to helping busy moms, uh, you know, manage their photos and things. So it's, it is, it's, it's a great, there's lots of different niche markets within photo. Everybody takes photos. Right. So companies, we've had companies hire some of our members. I mean, companies are overwhelmed with their photos. <laughs> Who would have thought? No kidding. Yeah, they need uh, libraries, uh, universities. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. So and it's, you're, you're international too, correct? Yes. We have members all throughout the U S Canada, New Zealand, Australia, the UK, um, I've been talking to somebody in India, so we are uh, we are international and and looking at growing this profession throughout the world. That we is sa- exciting! I think I got to join now. Now I got now motivated to be a personal photo organizer. That is so awesome! <laughs> wow! That, oh, that point that it's uh, we say personal rather than professional because working with people in their photos is personal work. Right. Yeah. And the organizing part, it's funny because I always left, I'm, I could use you probably to come and help me organize with systems. <laughs> I am not uh, an organizer person by nature. I'm more right-brained, I've always thought. But I realized that to help people, I'm so passionate about the storytelling piece of it that I realized if you couldn't find your photos and you didn't know where they were, you have to get organized first. And so that's the concept. So if you feel, if you're listening and you think, oh, I'm not sure if I'm an organized enough person to do this, it's really about a passion for helping people. Yeah and a passion for photos and stories that makes the difference. Absolutely. I would probably be the worst person at this in the world. I would stand there and listen to this, especially working with older people. You know, I just stand there and listen to the stories all day. Absorbs you know, them it's gotta be a, an amazing privilege really to, to look at a picture and, you know, not see it just as a picture, but somebody's no kidding life story. Yeah, it is. And people don't get listened to today. Enough. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been a real, it can, that's what I meant. It can be a very healing process wow. uh, for the person that you're listening to because they're, you're listening and, and you're, it's an honor to do that. So, wow. Well, Kathy, we will be sure to have links in the show notes to the Apple website, uh, your Photo Simplified website, and to your video that um, does an excellent job of explaining what Apple is all about and the many things that personal photo organizers do for their clients. It's been a privilege. It really has. It's been wonderful. We can't thank you enough. I am so pumped up. I can't wait to share this with our listeners. All right. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to oh. share 
your listeners. Well, is there any other way for people to connect with you through email or a phone number or Facebook? My email, uh, my email is Kathy, C-A-T-H-I dot Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N, at A-P-P-O dot org. And actually, if they email me, I can send them a link where I have a, you, they can even set up a call with me. I have like a time trade. It's called where they can click a link and set up a 15 minute phone call with me. And then the number is area code 860-904-5365 is our office number. Fantastic. Well, we'll have all that in the show notes too. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. The expert on photo organization, Kathy Nelson. She's awesome, isn't she? Man, she shared some great tips. Yeah. So there's a few more we wanted to talk about as well. I've talked about using Picasa and Google Plus Photos Um, And I've mentioned this previously that I love the auto backup feature from my iPhone into Google+. So that's one option that you have. Yeah, and there's other popular services like Flickr, Snapfish, Photobucket, and Shutterfly, all of which we've used, except I don't think I've ever used Photobucket, but I remember you talking about that. Yeah, I I did. I used Photobucket a few times for uh, uh, working on photos for your Get Simplified site. Mm -hmm, But, mm -hmm. you know, we could spend a lot of time and go into a, a big comparison about all of these. But honestly, there is a fantastic comparison of all these services on CNET, and I'll post a link to that. And they they hit all of the popular photo services that are out there. Yeah, I guess the main things to consider are the pricing, storage, file types, file size, the bandwidth limits, and resolution of pictures. Right, and so and it covers right, and it covers all of those things in that comparison. Another thing is iPhoto for Mac users is great, and the biggest complaint is that photos and videos take up a lot of space, especially if you're using a smaller laptop. So what we do is we map our iPhoto library and, and our iTunes library, for that matter, too, to an external hard drive. So if you're worried about taking up a lot of room on your hard drive with your photos and so forth, I'm going to put a link to a how-to article in the show notes on how to map your library to an external drive. All right, so you'll have that as well. Pretty so, cool. Yeah, lots of great stuff in the show notes today, so you definitely want to go over to the site and copy a few of the links. Now, before we move on to our announcements and think segment, remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. And we wanted to take a moment to remind you about Michael Hyatt's Platform Conference, if you're trying to build your platform within your company, your industry, your field, or or you're building that side gig business that we've talked about before, you may want to consider the Platform Conference. This year it runs from 3 to 5 November in Dallas, Texas, and it's at the Omni Dallas Hotel at Park West. Michael and his team have given us a discount code just for Simple Life Together listeners that you can even use on top of the early bird special pricing. So if you're interested to register for the event or you just want to learn more about it, Go to simplelifetogether.com slash platform, and you can use coupon code SIMPLE to save $100 off your registration. And I'm sure this event will sell out quickly, just like the first one that I attended did. And I got to tell you, that was a first-class event. So check it out, and Vanessa and I will be there, and we hope to see you there too. Woohoo, that'd be cool. And the next thing I wanted to hit was, once again, about podcasting. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, you can get started the very same way that I did. Just go to simplelifetogether.com slash Cliff and watch the video at the top of the page. You can read the page and, you know, find out what Cliff's course is all about. And if you're interested, Cliff has given me a discount code for $500 off of his course just for Simple Life Together listeners. 
Yeah, five hundred dollars is pretty wow, huge that's pretty offer. Good. You can just use the again discount code simple in the shopping cart, pocket your five hundred bucks, and get signed up for the world of podcasting. Nice. <laughs> so I know of at least two podcasts that SLT listeners have started after listening to our show. So it'd be great to hear some more. So if you think you might be next, go to simplelifetogether.com slash cliff. Use discount code SIMPLE in the shopping cart and save 500 bones. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess next, uh, we got the thing thing segment. segment, Yeah. yeah? Why don't you go first? Okay. Well, my thing this week was an article by Allie Vesterfelt on her blog at allisonvesterfelt.com. It's called, Is There Room for Sentimental Attachment in Packing Light? Hmm. And it tied in perfectly with my topic last week about life's excess baggage. And it really nails why we feel so connected to some... you know, physical things in our lives. Yeah. And I've just recently found Allie's blog and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, her new book called Packing Light. And it was just released over the weekend, the Labor Day weekend. So if you're looking for another great read in your RSS feed, you may want to check out Allie's blog and also her Packing Light book blog too at packinglightbook.com forward slash blog. And of course, we'll have links in the show notes. Nice. Well, my thing is, you know, we're going on three weeks of having the crud, (laughs) pneumonia and bronchitis. It's been pretty rough, and it's totally wiped us out. And it's been kind of a bummer, especially this past Labor Day weekend. We had three days off with the kids, and we were just pretty much worthless. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) We couldn't do a thing. And Dan and I slept most of the time, or just kind of chilled and relaxed, just trying to recover. But then I started to feel really guilty, especially with our little girl who wanted nothing more than to play and be with us, but we just weren't up for it. Well, on Monday, I finally decided to do something. I'd had enough, and I was trying to think of things to do, and it just seemed like too much of an effort. You know, should we go to the museum, the movies, the river, a park, a bike ride? It was either too hot, too far, too expensive, not open, or just not practical to do any of these things. So then I thought, you know what, Vanessa, why don't you just stay home and play with her? I mean, just play. And then I remembered this slip and slide that my mom had given us. And I thought, wow, that might be fun. And so I set it up. And for over an hour, Sunshine and I cooled off by sliding around. Yes, I got out there and was sliding around in the slip (laughs) and slide. And it kind of hurt my joints a little bit, but I didn't let her know that. (laughs) And, uh, And we had such a blast. And later we played a game of Sorry. And then we watched a movie on Netflix and we just hung out. And it was easy, simple, cheap fun. And we both like I said, had a blast. It was just just so much fun. And I didn't feel so guilty for being such a bummer the, the entire weekend. And I guess sometimes that's really all it takes is just some simple fun and just being present with your kids. And because that's pretty much all they want. They just want you. Yeah, that's true. And so that was my thing for the week. You guys had a blast on the slip and slide. And while you were doing that, I was inside doing the sleep and snore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear you guys. I couldn't believe it. We were right outside the bedroom window. Yeah. And We were just yelling, having fun, sliding (laughs) around. It was a good time. So you missed out. (laughs) Well, we want to say thanks again to any of you who have ever taken time to leave us a rating and review in iTunes. If you get the chance, please head on over to simplelifetogether.com slash iTunes, where Dan made a one-minute video to show you exactly how it's done. We'll include some listener feedback on the next show. Okay, so that's it for episode 40 of Simple Life Together. Today, we had Kathy Nelson, the expert on photo organization and founder and president of the Association of Personal Photo Organizers, or APO. And she gave us some fantastic tips to help us get our digital and print photos organized. Oh, and if you're interested in becoming a photo organizer as a side gig or full-time, we have links for more information on apo.org as well. And finally, Vanessa and I shared a few more photo resources with you that you can try as well. 
Dan's thing was Allie Vesterfeld's post, Is There Room for Sentimental Attachment in Packing Light? And my thing was Spending Time with Sunshine on the Slip and Slide. And as usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 040. We had more folks sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge this week. And it's never too late for you, too. Just head over to SimpleLifeTogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge over in the left column of the site. Also, check out the Google Drive tutorial or use the free side gig website guide if you're interested in starting a lifestyle business to support your simple life. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life, too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your Simple Life Together. Simple Life Together.